Welcome to Under the Bleachers. This is a podcast that explores all things sports, all things queer, and the fabulous intersection where queer and sports meet. This podcast is brought to you by Team DC, the nonprofit association of LGBTQ sports and recreation organizations in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm Laura. I'm on the board of Team DC. I've played and loved sports my entire life, and I've played with the DC Furies and Rogue Darts. And I'm Gabe. I'm also on the board of Team DC and I'm a diehard sports fan. I've played with many of the Team DC sports member leagues, including the DC GFFL, Stonewall Kickball, Rogue Darts, Kara Bowling, and recently the Washington Scandals Rugby Football Club. And I also do a little drag on the side. We hope you enjoy this week's trip under the bleachers. Welcome to Under the Bleachers. This is a podcast that explores all things sports, all things queer, and the fabulous intersection where queer and sports meet. This podcast is brought to you by Team DC, the nonprofit association of LGBTQ sports and recreation organizations in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm Laura. I'm on the board of Team DC. I've played and loved sports my entire life, and I've played with the DC Furies and Rogue Darts. And I'm Gabe. I'm also on the board of Team DC, and I'm a diehard sports fan. I play with many of the Team DC sports member leagues, including the DC GFFL, Stonewall Kickball, Rogue Darts, Kara Bowling, and recently the Washington Scandals Rugby Football Club. And I also do a little drag on the side. We hope you enjoy this week's trip under the bleachers. Welcome everyone, Lauren Gabe here. It's December 7th and you're listening to episode 25 of Under the Bleachers. We're closing out on the end of our first season of Under the Bleachers. We'll begin finishing up this season at the end of the year with episode 27 on December 21st. And after that, we'll take a break for a few months and we'll be releasing season two of Under the Bleachers next spring. In the meantime, we'll be re-releasing some of our favorite interviews from season one and standalone episodes in case you missed them. We hope you enjoy it and please reach out to us at podcast at teamdc.org if you have any questions for us or topics you want us to cover when we return next spring for season two. This week on Under the Bleachers, it's Laura's turn to choose the topics. For a discussion of all things queer, we'll say hello to Elliot Page. For our conversation of all things sports, we'll talk about the trailblazing efforts of Sarah Fuller. And for the intersection of sports and queer, we're talking again about Steve Kornacki. After that, we're going to share our interview with Team DC member club, Cheer DC. Before we get into our topics, we always like to give you an update on Team DC. Events remain on hold because of COVID restrictions, but we still have news as Team DC pushes forward during this difficult time. Team DC recently announced that it is now accepting applications for the 2021 Team DC College Scholarships. Team DC Student Athlete Scholarships provide up to $2,000 of financial support to offset the cost of educational expenses. Scholarships are awarded to self-identified LGBTQ student athletes who have contributed to the sport in which they participate and enhance the perception of the LGBTQ community as a result of their contributions and involvement. Scholarships are given to graduating high school seniors in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area who will attend an accredited two- or four-year college or university. Candidates must demonstrate dedication to both academic and athletic excellence as well as show promise as an LGBTQ plus role model. If you are a student athlete or are affiliated with area educational institutions, go to teamdc.org or email scholarship at teamdc.org for more information. 
Also, Team DC has partnered with Nelly's Sports Bar for an initiative called Heroes for Heroes to provide free lunch to DC essential workers. December's Heroes for Heroes meal was a dinner delivered to the nurses and staff in the cardiac ICU unit at Washington Hospital Center on December 7th. The December Heroes for Heroes meal was sponsored by Team DC, Kara Bowling, DC Gay Basketball League, Lambda Links, Embody Pure Grace Fitness, and DC Strokes. If you or your organization want to participate in future Heroes for Heroes lunches, Team DC is collecting donations of $50 or more, and you can contact Brent Miner at brent at teamdc.org for more details. Finally, Team DC board elections are coming up in January. The positions up for election are President, Outreach, Marketing, Social Media, Fundraising, and External Relations. To learn more about Team DC and its board, visit teamdc.org. And if you are interested in running, please contact Les Johnson at les at teamdc.org for more information. Laura and I will be bringing you new episodes of Under the Bleachers every Monday at underthebleachers.podbean.com and on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Google, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Taking the extra few seconds to hit those buttons or type a quick review means a lot to us and helps get the word out. And share us with a friend or two if you know someone that would be interested in listening in. With that, here's Laura with our first topic in this week's trip, Under the Bleachers. For my topic of all things queer, we are going to celebrate Elliot Page. Actor Elliot Page, formerly Ellen Page, is transgender, he announced in an Instagram post this week. Elliot addressed his social media followers saying, quote, hi, friends, I want to share with you that I am trans. My pronouns are he, they, and my name is Elliot. I feel lucky to be writing this, to be here, to have arrived at this place in my life. I feel overwhelming gratitude for the incredible people who have supported me along this journey. I can't begin to express how remarkable it feels to finally love who I am enough to pursue my authentic self. I love that I am trans and I love that I am queer. And the more I hold myself close and fully embrace who I am, the more I dream, the more my heart grows and the more I thrive. Page describes himself as transgender and non-binary, meaning that his gender identity is neither man nor woman. In his coming out message, Page also appealed to politicians, quote, who work to criminalize trans healthcare and deny our right to exist, and to all of those with a massive platform who continue to spew hostility towards the trans community. You have blood on your hands. You unleash a flurry of vile and demeaning rage that lands on the shoulders of the trans community, a community in which 40% of trans adults report attempting suicide. Enough is enough. I don't know if Elliot can alone force the change he is talking about, but I definitely hope that his bravery and the way he used his platform to make this announcement will help to push that slow boulder of progress up the hill just a little bit more. Congratulations to Elliot on reaching the moment that he has, and I hope that he and Emma are able to enjoy this time. Also, thank you to Elliot for sharing his very personal journey with all of us. I know that Elliot does this not because he has to and not because he cares to draw attention to himself, but because he hopes that by making his story public, he can help other trans, non-binary, and queer people along their journey. So Gabe, I'm sure that you saw the news this week, and I wanted to hear what you have to say about that. But first, I need to know, how much do you love the movie Juno? <laughs> I love the movie Juno. 
Me too. It's, it's so one great. of my favorites. I think it's like a quintessential movie that defines like the 1990s. <laughs> I mean, anytime I see a, a hamburger phone or I guess it's the 2000s. Yeah, I guess it's the 2000s, right? So it like defines the the decade of the 2000s. And the hamburger phone is the best. Yeah. When she's calling about trying to get an abortion and she's like, sorry, I'm on my hamburger phone. <laughs> like one of my favorite things. Such a good movie. Ellis and Janney is so awesome in that movie too, right? I mean, she's amazing and everything, but yeah, she was really good in Juno. Yeah. yeah. And the character um, Juno was such a great like female it was just a really good like depiction of a high school girl like Elliot Page did an amazing job playing that part what I thought was really cool um is I got a lot of people texting me from back home and from all over and I was like wow people are really into the story and they're uh kind of amazed at the the reaction that people got um about Elliot's story and how I, I love that Netflix automatically like almost instantly changed all the pronouns yeah, uh, I mean, it, it Academy helps, I, stuff. right. Like, I think it helps that Elliot Page is currently starring in a popular Netflix show, which, you know, made Netflix act a little faster than they might have. But it's an awesome thing. And yeah, very cool. And I, I have to say, like, I was struck with how different um, the reaction that I viewed people having was to just a few years ago when Caitlyn Jenner came out. Um you know, then I saw a lot more people, it was a joke and like they were making bad jokes about it. And those same people with the Elliot Page story had a much different reaction. And I think that's like clear evidence of great progress. Yeah. And I loved the uh, kind of the bringing up of some of the older stories and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if you watched Gaycation, um, but there was an episode when uh, Elliot interviewed, um, is it Jair Bolsonaro? The, uh, the now president of right. Brazil, like the, the Brazilian Trump. Right. And basically, crazy. you know, like the crazy homophobe <laughs> who hates anyone who's gay, let alone transgender, just like, you know, says gay should die and everything. Right. And was like, oh, so you want to kill me? And actually had like the bravery to stand up to this at you know politician and say, oh, so when you say all these things, you want to kill me. Right. I'm the person you want to attack. There's a human face, you know, like here you can, you talk big, but like now you're looking me in the eye. So tell me, you know, tell me that how this applies to me as a human individual. It's, it's always pretty powerful. Easy interview. (laughs) Yeah. I never watched, I never watched that show. It didn't appeal to me for some reason, but I did. And it's funny because I do love Elliot Page, but something about that show that didn't appeal to me for some reason, I don't know. But I, you know, I loved Elliot Page in Tales of the City also, like, so good, right? Very good, like, excellent act, actor, excellent uh, human, and I'm super excited to see people just to see that, um, you know, the progress that's being made, because I remember when um, Elliot Page first came out at an HRC event, um, was a keynote speaker and announced publicly for the first time um, their sexuality. And it was like a really big deal. And I remember watching um, the video of the speech and how nervous Elliot looked and, you know, how clearly difficult it was. And so, you know, and that was a few years ago now. And so it's taken, you know, this much longer amount of time to 
for this next um, step in the coming out process, but it's clear how much more self-assured and confident this person is making this announcement compared to watching the video of this nervous hmm. um, kid making the announcement the first time around. And it's really, it, it really, you know, it gave me some feels. Yeah. And I mean, it's good for people to see this and for people who are coming out with their own stories, you know, get some support. Uh, there's still these stupid hater people out there like, oh, I hate that stupid. What's his name? Ben Shapiro. Did you see his rant or part of this? No, rant? Like, he's but so I, I mean, if you pay attention to Ben Shapiro, I mean, that guy I was like, talk about self-loathing. Yeah, everyone was there. There's he, he came out with this whole long rant about like he didn't care, but he did care. And it's like. You're stupid. Shut up. Nobody cares about you. Know how you. often bothering yeah, you? Like, do you know how often Ben Shapiro yells and screams about things he doesn't care about? But it bothers it's him. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's truly incredible how much time and energy Ben Shapiro devotes to telling people just how little he cares about things. Yeah, <laughs> that guy's a waste of humanity. I hear he's going to be like a front runner to contend to be like the next nominee for president for the republican party so we have a lot <laughs> we've got a lot of looking forward to listening to ben shapiro be an asshole <laughs> <laughs> that guy's useless let's not waste any more time thinking about him let's celebrate elliot page everybody go watch judo immediately if you have umbrella academy and everything <laughs> yeah if you haven't seen juno though i swear <laughs> you really are missing out on a key part of uh popular culture so go watch that movie learn the name what is it methylacrylate <laughs> the name <laughs> of the chemical that uh that nail salons smell like <laughs> yes i just that's something i remember from that movie i mean obviously i don't remember the exact word but <laughs> it's a classic classic and what's the name of the kid michael sarah right michael sarah yeah, yeah. Always plays also amazing here. yeah i want to punch him at the balls <laughs> that's right and uh, elliot page and michael sarah have a song like they recorded a song in that movie. Oh, it was really it's, cute. Yeah, it's super cute. And it's on some of my playlists. Uh, I recommend you all go listening. Go listen to that. It's uh, called something along the lines of, I don't like anybody else as much as I like you or something. It's super cute. Yeah, that's no, a cute. I forgot about that song. All right. Well, moving on now for my sports topic. Uh, don't come talking to women who love sports this week and expect not to hear about Sarah Fuller. Sarah Fuller has made history as the first woman to play in a power five college football game. The Vanderbilt university senior made her historic debut as a kicker for the Commodores in their face-off against the university of Missouri Tigers. She kicked off for the Commodores to start the second half, making her the first woman to see game time action in a power five football game. Although it was her first time playing for the football team, Fuller is no stranger to Vanderbilt sports. The Wiley, Texas native made her first start as the goalkeeper for the Vanderbilt women's soccer team on October 11th. Last week, she made three saves in a game against the University of Arkansas that won her team the SEC tournament championship title, its first since 1994. In a nod to breaking barriers, Fuller's helmet during last week's football game had play like a girl written on the back. Play Like a Girl is a nonprofit that encourages girls to participate in sports as well as science, technology, engineering, and math. Before coming out and kicking a ball for the football team, Sarah had already achieved more success as a Vanderbilt athlete than any of her football teammates are expected to ever achieve. 
but seeing her take the field and compete in active play in a division one football game was truly historic. I am awestruck by what Sarah did and it leaves me hopeful for what the future holds, but Vanderbilt football isn't very good and sports this year is still (laughs) just whatever. So (laughs) Gabe, Did Sarah's uh, football debut give you any uh, feelings or make you think about anything in particular this week? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Uh, one of my housemates actually went to Vanderbilt, so we kept talking about it, but uh, and how Vanderbilt football sucks because nobody really watches the game. But I thought it was really cool, first off, that uh, it's Power 10, so you got the, you know, the, the top five elite conferences of college football where you actually have a woman playing. Um, is amazing yeah i mean it's uh, vanderbilt so yeah let's, but still let's, it's, it's let's, starting. let's stay realistic but it's but it is they are an sec team so you know it's and, almost as if it's almost as if she like fielded the fielded for uh took the field for alabama well you know what she they put her on the field right because all their other kickers had COVID. yeah everybody has COVID. <laughs> they all got sick I know, I know listen i decided to skip over the part where the only reason this is happening is because everybody at vanderbilt has covid but you know Let's let's for just a minute pretend that we're not living in a complete hellscape. And- <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh yeah, I mean, and that's where you go. You know, you're looking for a kicker. You go for the soccer team, see where you can get the best kickers. And I'm glad they, you know, I'm pretty sure they had male soccer players that could have kicked, but they're like, no, no actually, let's go. Vanderbilt does not have a men's soccer team. Oh, well, there you go. That's <laughs> what, what do I know about the Commodores? Yeah, but that's that's actually pretty funny because one they're of they're too busy doing the uh, Moderna vaccine. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but during the game, like one of the asshole announcers who I can't remember now who it was, but like made some jackass comment about what they didn't have any guy soccer players that they could get. This is such a of stunt. course. Yeah, I was he like, was oh, like, they don't. Such a stunt. They could have just gotten a man you know a guy from the soccer team and somebody else in the studio was like yeah we don't have a soccer team at vanderbilt so (laughs) (laughs) but yeah nice try but yeah like it's people like that of course who make a comment about that like like that who's like you just want to like throat punch them and be like you're what's wrong with everything you're the kind of person (laughs) that keeps us being shocked that women are treated with any respect anywhere you know yeah, there was a lot of I saw a lot of like dumb, stupid comments on Facebook and stuff like that. But I was impressed with all the people that fought back and said, look, you stupid idiot. Like, yes, it's a woman playing football. Get used to it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. it, it listen, they they didn't pick her. I mean, it's funny to me also that she's a goalie. And that's <laughs> who's the kicker. Like of all the people, you would think it would be like a striker or somebody who would show but up. You got the, the goalie kicker, to go in. Like she's clearly a fucking. She's clearly a badass athlete. She um, has the skills to do it. I mean, that's right. And I, I'm here to tell you that if you're playing football at Vanderbilt, you're not like that great at football. Like, <laughs> like honestly, there probably are like Division three players in football who probably are better than you, but didn't have the grades that you had or something. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not like, let's be more impressed by the woman who is the starting goalkeeper for Vanderbilt in her, I think, freshman year. Um, and is clearly an amazing athlete and deserves um, just to be celebrated for being what she is. I mean, I'm really glad that this Texan is making news uh, for playing football, not like that idiot kid from Edinburgh, which is like close to my hometown. I don't know if you saw that guy who I did not. I don't know this story. Are he's you a high school kid who also a soccer player, uh, 
but he got upset because he got ejected from the game. So he tackled a referee. In a soccer game or in no, a, in a, in a, football, in a game. football game, like full on, like tackled the referee and had to get escorted by the police and is now like charged with. Yeah. If you this. are in full football pads, yeah. and tackle somebody who is not in full football pads and probably do it in a football way, as opposed to a safe, like rap tackle then you yeah, are, oh no this is like <laughs> right, the guy and you are attention. assault you're committing assault and probably belong in jail <laughs> well he was 18 so yeah he's oh, class a assault that like, guy's in trouble <laughs> but he's done it before so yes yay for positive texans playing football and making a difference not like this idiot kid or the idiots who showed up and voted for donald trump in record numbers <laughs> there's hey, a lot texas, of issues working with people on it. in texas let's just we're working on it we're slowly working on it oh my god we've been working on it since i was 19 they kept promising any day now texas is gonna turn blue One day. Uh, imagine if i held my breath waiting for that i'd be blue <laughs> <laughs> all right with that really terrible joke let's move on to my uh topic at the intersection of sports and queer this week we are going to revisit this year's favorite queer sensation steve kornacki steve kornacki nbc's national political correspondent was a breakout media star of the 2020 election you might remember we talked about him a few episodes ago but at that time gabe was just gushing and calling him map daddy yes kornacki is gay and he is also a huge sports fan and this week we are talking about him because because it was announced that he will be bringing his brand of analysis to the NFL by breaking down the playoff scenarios for NBC's Football Night in America this past weekend, and also at halftime of this past weekend's games. Kornacki became a viral social media star during election week with his often manic and always entertaining big board breakdowns of results as they came in from each state. MSNBC even set up a Kornacki cam shown during commercials so that viewers wouldn't miss any part of his marathon that went 44 hours without him sleeping at one point. His profile has been raised immensely by how accessible and entertaining he made analyzing election results. He was dubbed a chart throb. Gap said he caused sales of the type of khakis he wore to spike, and he was named one of people's sexiest men alive. His rising profile is certainly exciting, but it would also be crazy if we didn't pause and comment on the fact that an openly gay man is being listened to and talking about game analysis. Not some stereotypical puff piece, but actual game analysis during an actual NFL broadcast. 2020 is weird, but I sure hope this is one of those unexpected developments that is here to stay. So Gabe, were you as surprised as I am to see people listening to a gay man do game analysis for the NFL? Um, I'm pretty surprised, but I'm kind of happy and I'm glad that NBC is using Kornacki for something else than just every, what, two to four years of <laughs> yeah. election coverage. But yeah, yeah he's a, I mean, people are like we're finding out that he's a huge sports fan and right. loves, like nerding out on stats and yeah. strategy and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to see how he would take that part of the game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's in fairness, what he's mostly doing is doing an election night type analysis, but saying like, you know, if the Titans win next week, but the Cowboys lose, then the Seahawks have a chance. You know, he's mostly doing that, which is like not as much football as it is 
you know, just so all the sports betters in the city are like, <laughs> yeah, in. but he's definitely he's crossing over and uh, talking about stats and, you know, and other like actual game analysis. And the idea that like those dudes in the NFL studio are there and like taking a gay man seriously is a really big deal, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, he, he really is handsome. He, you know, the chart throb is really growing on me. Like, <laughs> he's a cute little guy. I just want to pinch his cheeks. And he's so humble about it, too. But he's probably like this crazy <laughs> math nerd. Yeah. I mean, he's super humble, but you know, it's because he is a math nerd and he probably <laughs> never, like, nobody ever, like, really was, like, really excited about his skills before. <laughs> what was it? He, I think he was saying that he's. He can do everything else, but he's like, it's just simple math. You just need a calculator. I was like, yeah, just break it down. Come on. Yeah. I mean, the truth of it all is, is that he's part auctioneer and part mathematician because part what we really love about him is just how fast and furious <laughs> he does. He breaks down the numbers. <laughs> so is uh, NBC going to give him one of the like magic walls that he can use during the game and like I think... do X's and O's and like arrows <laughs> and stuff like that? Like, I mean, I sure think they should. <laughs> so that is, you know, let's hope that this carries on, that Kornacki becomes a more regular part of the Kornacki the, halftime uh, special. Like, right. I want to see the X's and O's. I want to see the uh, whiteboard just lit up and God, if he uh, can predict, like, the flying Super Bowl everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like if he could just write it down, like before the season even starts next year, write down, this is the president, this team's going to win the Super Bowl. Throw it in an envelope, and then we open it up in February of next year. I would <laughs> be amazed. Update us at like how this team's win loss record impacts that team's chances of winning the Super Bowl. I mean, come on, I want to hear it. I want to hear all of it'll it. It'll be it'll be interesting too. I mean, it's another take of the game, and it's really cool that you can kind of like take down these numbers and stuff like that and see like okay, based on percentages and you know how people are playing and stuff like that. It's almost like fantasy football, but like for real, hundred <laughs> percent. All right. More Steve Kornacki. Two thumbs yes. up from Under the Bleachers, and we want more. You better be getting a, like a good paycheck from Gap. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they got, Ru you know, they got well, RuPaul, all, and now they have Kornacki. Well, well, actually, I mean, this is uh, they should team up for a, for a commercial, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> also, you don't think being named one of people's sexiest men alive is reward enough? That is true. I mean, it's Adam Levine and Steve Kornacki. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is top billing, Wait, who, man. Oh, who was no? Who was the sexiest man alive this year? It was. I um, don't know who is it. Oh, it's not on Jimmy Kimmel. It was uh, what's his face? Uh, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, he's he was idiot. on this like COVID space suit, and they had like that's how they uh, <laughs> they had people ask questions like about him. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, yeah, I see so it's that. he's Jordan. very popular. Uh, he did those Creed movies, then he was in Black Panther. Yep. Uh, Just Mercy came out this year. Yeah, he's pretty hot shit these days. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, all right. I'm down. I'm down with Michael B. Jordan. I'm also down with Steve Kornacki. I might have to. I'm starting to question my sexuality all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Okay, that's this week's Under the Bleachers Roundup of Things Queer, Things Sports, and the things at the intersection of sports and queer. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to share our interview with Team DC Member Club, Cheer DC. Hi, guys. How y'all doing? Hey, doing great. Hey, we're doing very well. Thank you for having us. Awesome. We're very excited to talk to you this afternoon. 
So can you tell us a little bit about Cheer DC? Yeah, so I think it's important to start with the history um, of, of Cheer DC as well as, well as our sister organizations. <clears throat> uh, so we are part of what we call the Pride Cheerleading Association. And the first organization was Cheer San Francisco and they were founded in 1980. Um, so it was then that in the late 90s, um, our current captain, actually Robert York, um, started the, the first, uh, what we call the installment of, of Cheer DC. And back then it was known as DC Cheer. Um, and it lasted for about two years um, and then unfortunately fizzled out. And then in the early to mid uh, 2000s decade, um, uh, another installment of Cheer DC um, was started. And again, it fizzled out in about a year. So if we fast forward to about 2016, um, our former president and founder, uh, she moved from Seattle, Washington. And when she lived in Seattle, she was a, a part of our, another sister organization called Cheer Seattle. And when she moved to DC, she was like, all right, I want to you know, bring together a, a group of individuals and really try to start Cheer DC and, 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 and make them a 501c3 nonprofit. And here we are, very happy four years later uh, to be a proud 501c3. We are a group of all volunteer cheerleaders. Um, and our, our main mission is to utilize the positivity of cheerleading to elevate acceptance and equality within our communities and beyond. Um, so myself, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be the uh, current president and founder. And then my colleague here, Ms. Brandy. I am the uh, director of community outreach. So I help plan all of our events um, and try to get us out and recognized more and more, um, especially within Team DC. And, she, and I'm very fortunate to also have her as one of the other, other co-founders. And so um, our, our, our main yearly um, vision, what we do is we uh, every year pick a primary beneficiary. And so through all of the extraordinary events that Brandy puts together, as well as the fundraising that we have through our current director, Manny, um, we raise money every year and we give it back to that uh, primary beneficiary. Um, to date, we are very excited to say that we have given, um, and since our inception, we became a 501c3 in 2017, and we have given $20,000 back to the community, and we are giving another $5,000 donation um, uh, this year as well. And so we're, we're very, very proud of that. And, and this year, our primary beneficiary is the Wanda Austin Foundation. Um, and we actually chose them for a second year in a row because we just really believe in and, and, want, and want to support their mission and vision. Um, so I know that's a little longer than what you asked, but again, you're with the uh, two cheerleaders who love to talk. So <laughs> that, that is Cheer DC. I say talk as long as you want. We're here to we're here to hear about you and and highlight you. So I want I know you guys came to chose Wanda Elston Foundation. Are there um, parameters that you use or certain? Uh, Cheer DC. We we are a group of uh, LGBTQ plus individuals plus our straight allies. And so um, we always pick a primary beneficiary that supports human rights and equality. Um, there are sister organizations that have chosen primary beneficiaries um, that help with AIDS and HIV research and funding. Um, and and um, with Cheer DC, we always go the route as well as, um, in human rights and equality. And so every year we have a really specific process. Um, we, we like to go, we like to uh, get ideas of primary beneficiaries, they have to be a 501c3 nonprofit within the DC or the DMV um, area. 
and they have to be an organization that that they're not making multi millions of dollars. You know, they're 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 an organization um, that that could really benefit and and uh, from the support of our organization. And so what we do is every year we reach out to all of our fans through social media outlets, including uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And we have them um, give us ideas or recommendations of nonprofits in the DMV area. And then we also get input from our team as well in, in terms of what nonprofits they would like um, to nominate. And then what we do is the board of directors and our creative leadership team, we go through the organizations and we narrow it down to usually the top eight to 10. And then from there, we have our entire team, uh, which currently we have around 40, 40 to 45 volunteer members. And we have um, all of them vote. And that's how we get our primary, uh, our primary beneficiary. So it's a, it's a lengthy process, but it's something that we really hope near and dear to our hearts because not only are we getting the buy-in from our organization, but also buy-in from the public and really hearing um, everyone's thoughts and what they feel is, is needed for us to help support and give back to every year. And just to speak on the Wanda Alston Foundation a little bit, um, what we did last year for them, uh, we went there and cooked a dinner for them um, we donated the food, we donated our time to cook the dinner, um, and when we went, we really realized how much they could honestly benefit from our donations. Um, their, you know, their um, appliances were very out of date, sometimes their stove wouldn't work, and so I know with our donation last year that they got new, they were able to get new appliances, and so we just figured, um, you know, a, a consensus was that we would um, go with them again uh, because we felt that the, we they could really, really use our support again. You know, and Brittany brings up a great point because not only it's not only a monetary donation, we really try to build a strong relationship with our primary beneficiary. And we have been very fortunate to have such great partners in the Wanda Olson Foundation. And, and Brandy has done an amazing job with, with establishing this partnership. And so it's really, it really goes farther um, beyond uh, just a monetary donation, like she said, doing those cooking events and getting to know the residents uh, of, of the Wanda Olson Foundation, you know, that really just, helps us build that rapport and, and to feel great in giving back to the community. Okay, so let's talk about the cheerleading side for a couple minutes. Um, do you tell me what sort of events you guys typically participate in? Um, so our, our main events are definitely our pride events. Um, you know, we are in the parade, we do the festival, um, yes. <laughs> um, so we we are mostly a social organization. Um, we've performed um, and and been the uh, spirit at some uh, 5Ks. K. Uh, we do the walk for um, hearing. Uh, so we do mostly social events, um, but we are you know definitely open to trying new things and and just really getting out there and spreading spreading our cheer and, and awareness uh, throughout. You know, whenever we um, started growing the organization, um, we really felt that we had two areas of what we call events, one being community outreach and the other being fundraising. Um, so for fundraisers, we've done shot nights at, at, at certain DC bars, um, DC Eagle, um, uh, JRs. 
Um, we've done other fundraisers. I know we've um, we've participated in drag shows. Um, we, whenever uh, our Pace Stadium was open, we used to um, uh, work the concession stand, and so we had that fundraising aspect. And then another really important aspect, which Brandy was be, uh, speaking of, which is which is her role, is really this enhancing um, our our awareness uh, throughout the community and just letting people know what our mission and vision is, and that regardless of what the opportunity is, our goal is to be here and to help support and spread spirit throughout the community. And so we feel that having those two avenues of how we build our organization is super important to us. Does uh, Cheer DC participate in any competitions or any other different events around the country? So we, we are not a competitive squad, um, though we have uh, individuals on our team. Um, we have some that came because they are adults and they've always wanted to be a cheerleader, but, but, they, but they never got the chance to do it. So we've had brand new cheerleaders come to us, which we're su super happy about. Um, we have former um, all-star competitive cheerleaders that were ranked in the top 10 in the world. And we even have um, uh, uh, NFL cheerleaders that cheered for the Baltimore Ravens. So we have a, a wide uh, social charitable uh, cheerleading organization. Um, however, I'll let Brandy speak to some of the awesome events that we've done um, around the country and, and around the world. Yeah. So um, we actually uh, have been to Long Beach Pride twice um, in Long Beach, California. Uh, some of our members went to San Diego Pride. Um, we've also done, um, uh, we had some members at Gay Games in uh, Paris this past year. And uh, we do the Sin City Classic uh, with some appearances and performances there in Las Vegas. Um, so we, we kind of go all over the place. We've done Philly Pride. Um, oh gosh, so many. <laughs> uh, World Pride in New York City. Yes. No, World Pride, yep. <laughs> Uh, opportunities we had this past year and uh, very thankful to, to Brandy and the rest of the board for helping to get it together. Um, but members of the Pride Cheerleading Association um, through our sister organization Cheer New York were invited um, and we were part of Spirit of America in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this uh, this past Thanksgiving holiday and that was by far um, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for sure. Yeah. So um, we we do a lot of things and we and not only do we want to help spread um, awareness here in the DMV area, but our mission is really to to elevate um, the spirit of acceptance uh, throughout the nation and throughout the world. And I think we're doing um, a good job of it so far. I agree. Okay, great. Those uh, events all sound like a lot of fun. I'm very curious about how you guys come up with your routines. Are there standard routines that all cheerleaders learn as they're um, growing up? learning cheerleading or do you guys come up with all of your cheers on your own? So that's a great question. So um, there are seven members of the board of directors and then we have um, five extremely talented members of what we uh, refer to as our creative leadership team. We have a head coach, we have two assistant coaches, and then we have two captains of our team. Um, in terms of choreography, most certainly, yes, we have choreo, we have routines, um, but every routine is different. You know, what you're taught in cheerleading is, and we take our cheers and we um, make them for each different event that we're, we're attending. Stadium, we actually even made a pizza cheer to sell pizza. Um, so we can literally <laughs> cheer for anything. <laughs> we get real fancy and creative, let me tell you. <laughs> All right, Laura, do you want to play a little game? We love games. I'm done. Okay. Uh, so we're going to ask you, uh, I guess, a little trivia. Um, 
Oh boy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It'll be easy. It's just yes or no. Uh, do you think the person that the celebrity that we're going to name, were they a cheerleader? All right. So just tell us yes or no. All right. All right. Um, let's see. Let's go with Sandra Bullock. Yes. That's right. Sandra Bullock was it. What about Ronald Reagan? No, I'm sorry. In fact, Ronald Reagan and you're correct, George W. Bush also were both cheerleaders. Well, you know, Brady, I'm impressed that you knew George Bush, honestly. But I want to follow up on that question <laughs> because I did some research and it turns out there are actually four former U.S. presidents that were cheerleaders. You know who the other two are? We say Clinton. Oh, interesting. No, Bill Clinton was not a cheerleader. Um, one of them was a cheerleader um, who ha was a cheerleader and then became president of the United States and served more terms as president than any other president. Oh, uh... <laughs> Franklin Delano Roosevelt was, in fact, the fourth former U.S. president who was a cheerleader is the one that I am the hardest time picturing, and that is Dwight D. Eisenhower. That is so interesting. <laughs> and now you can use that you can use that information at dinner parties. That's fantastic. <laughs> um Gabe, do you want to ask him a couple more celebrities? Yes. All right. How about Meryl Streep? I say, I say no. I say no. And yes, Meryl Streep was a cheerleader. <laughs> she can do anything, though. I love her. It's absolutely yeah, true. Her. You can see, like, uh, her, uh, is it her high school cheerleading pictures? I don't know. There's, like, a B on it. Oh, we'll have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Ray. I think, I think she was. I think she was. I think I remember seeing that because, you know, with, with everything happening with COVID, <laughs> what else we, do you have we've, to been, do? we've been home a little more. And so I think that we're former cheerleaders. Paula Abdul, Kirstie Alley, Halle Berry, Katie Couric, uh, Miley Cyrus, Ooh. Cameron Diaz, Kirsten Dunst, Eva Longoria, Olivia Munn, Amy Donna. Oh, that's cool. So Luke and I both cheer back there. <laughs> ah, that's that's pretty cool. That would be a good uh, that would be a good thing for Lady Gaga to work into one of her music videos or something. Right? Yes, exactly. Right, absolutely. See, I'd also, I'd also throw in Rick Perry, uh, but Rick Perry is a yell leader, not a cheerleader. Because I didn't. <laughs> I appreciate you guys being good sports. Um, and playing along with us. Of course. Yeah, a lot of people were cheerleaders. I wanted to ask you, so, you know, as you know, Team DC's mission centers around inclusivity and promotion of sports participation by the LGBT community. Do you have any thoughts that you want to share about why inclusivity is important to you personally or to Cheer DC or to the sport of cheerleading? To be inclusive is really just building a better world organization that 
um, allows people to feel free to be who they are without judgment to love who they are. I mean, we need so, so much more of that in this world, especially in, especially in, in today's world and um, the current climate we have and in supporting each other, um, our perfections and our imperfections all in one. Um, and, and really being able to come together as one organization to, to support a greater cause, which is to honestly make a better world and to set an example for the generations ahead of us, our current generation, and, and more importantly, the generations behind us. Um, so I know for us in Charity C, our, our main strategies that, that we keep at the forefront of our mind um, throughout our events, our tryouts, and, and everything we do, because we really want everyone to feel that they are a great human being and, um, and that they can feel loved and accepted um, regardless of our differences. And so, sorry, that's, that's, that's my emotional spiel on, 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 on inclusivity. Yeah, um, so for me, uh, I grew up in a very small town where inclusivity was not a word that I grew up on, to be honest. Um, I was very lucky with a, with a mom um, who was, um, um, but when I went to college, I had the pleasure of meeting my two best friends um, who just happened to be Luke sitting beside me and his husband, Andy. Um, and I went to college and it opened my eyes to a whole new world. Um, I felt like I became a whole different person when I went to college because of the inclusiveness um, in our, our cheerleading program in college and, you know, the openness in, um, you know, in Morgantown and so for me, it's it's more of a, you know, it kind of, I'm, I'm going to say the, the it, it kind of saved me as a person. Um, you know, it made me a better person. And um, I, I couldn't imagine, I, I just can't imagine not not thinking that way. Um, so for me to promote is, is a big part of why I am with. Important um, topic for all of us. I'm glad <laughs> we had the opportunity to talk to you, particularly Brandy. Um, as a straight ally, it's nice to hear that perspective from you as well, in particular. Yeah, no problem. I, I love, uh, you know, I love what I do. I, I love my, um, you know, my huggies. For joining us and taking the time to tell us a little bit more about Cheer DC. This has been really fun. Um, before we uh, close out, do you, can you tell everybody where they can find more information about Cheer DC or find out about events that you might be having? Yeah, I would love to. So uh, we can be found at www.cheerdc.org. Again, that's www.cheerdc.org. Um, and on the website, you can find um, access and links to our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Instagram. Um, and lastly, because we are cheerleaders, if you don't mind, we'd like to leave you uh, with one little cheer. Is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah, go for it. P-R-I-V-E, ride, P-R-I-V-E, P-R-I-V-E, That's one of our favorites. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. That's a lot of fun. Um, all right, thanks again, guys. Hope to talk to you soon. Thank you guys so much.
I just want to let you guys know that we are so thankful for, for Team DC. When we became an organization, um, they helped us tremendously our first year, um, helping to raise funds and raise awareness and, and, and to spread who we are. So um, we are always very thankful to, to be strong partners with Team DC. So uh, thank you guys so much for everything. Yeah, absolutely. We look forward to working with you when we can get back up and have fun events running again. Thanks for listening to this episode of Under the Bleachers. Under the Bleachers is proudly produced by and a product of Team DC. For more information about Team DC, please visit www